Emily, how's your health today? Well, today I actually did just take a little cough syrup, so I'm not in 100% health, but I am feeling like, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a lot more about my health these days. I'm really taking it seriously. I've been working with a personal trainer, as you've possibly seen on my Instagram. Mm, So, Mm -hmm. those ropes are the ropes. Everyone keeps commenting on the ropes. Uh, They are so fun, and they—I've just never done anything that really like works my back muscles that way. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Why are you asking me about my health, Tia? Well, because we are chatting about health today, and for me, health has become a really big priority lately, and. I am so excited to introduce everybody to Amina Altai because she has some great tidbits on how to improve your health because it's such a big part of your freelance journey. Absolutely. Amina was great to talk to because she not only is extremely wise and well-versed in issues around health and how that supports your lifestyle as an entrepreneur and a freelancer, but she also doesn't take herself herself too seriously, you know? Like, she's having fun with it as well, which I really love. So, um, shall we show the Freelancing Females community our interview with Amina Altai? Let's get to it. Nice. Well, hello, hello. We are back with another episode of For the Love of Freelance. I am your co-host, L.A. Marks, here with my BFF in freelancing, Tia Myers. Say hi, Tia. Woohoo! Hey, everybody. Uh, So today we have been talking about health and wellness and how you know, when you're a freelancer, your life is, uh, the work-life balance, quote-unquote, is so closely integrated. And we are so happy to introduce to you our guest to speak with us today. Her name is Amina Altai. She is in Brooklyn, New York, and she is a holistic leadership coach. And we're going to talk about health and impact and ways that you can really cultivate um, the perfect uh, healthy balance in your life and get yourself to the next level and grow, uh, healthily, healthfully, healthfully, <laughs> something Hel- we all need with health. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> hi and, and talk to us a little bit about your story. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you all. So I call myself a holistic leadership and mindset coach, and I came to this work because for a very long time, I felt pretty unhappy with my work and also was feeling really burnt out. So Mm -hmm. I started my career many moons ago in marketing, and I worked in corporate America, and then I decided one day that corporate wasn't for me, and I wanted to create my own marketing agency where I was going to support emerging female entrepreneurs. And I co-founded this marketing agency, and it was amazing but I had no boundaries and I had never run a business before and I was taking care of my clients and my team and everybody but myself. And I eventually burned out and developed two autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was very dramatic. I remember my doctor calling me and being like, go to the hospital immediately. Like you are days away from multiple organ failure. It was this very dramatic stop moment. Well, what were like the symptoms? Like what was going on with you? Because you know, so many people, I feel like we we have these symptoms and we don't know they're they're nondescript it's hard to just to figure out exactly what they're connected to so what were you actually experiencing at that time 
Yeah. And there were lots of little whispers until the universe shouted that I just wasn't paying attention to because I was like, I was feeling tired and I was feeling like I didn't have a ton of energy. My memory mm. wasn't great and my hair was falling mm. out. But mm. I remember thinking that, you know, these are just normal things that you go through when you're stressed or Stress. isn't everybody tired, right? Yeah. But it was actually, I started to have this like, giant bald spot at the front of my head. And that was the thing that got me to go to the doctor because I was like, I can't be in my 20s and have this bald spot here. So thank goodness for vanity because that's what got me to go to the doctor. Wow. So yeah. it, I was very, very lucky. And so I had this stop moment. And it was this moment where I had to really reevaluate everything that I was doing in my life and my relationship to work and ambition and success and career and money and all the things. And I went on what I call my eat, pray, love year, where I went back to school to study nutrition, mindfulness, coaching, somatics, like all the tools and all the things to heal my own life. Mm -hmm. And when I actually started to feel good again, I was just so lit up by what was available and what was possible. When I actually felt well, I decided that I wanted to basically teach this work full time. I mean, you look so well. Like, you just are absolutely radiant right now. I mean, I know we're a podcast and so no one can see you, but your skin is glowing, your hair is beautiful and thick, your smile is radiating. So, like, what, what did you discover? You know, you've, you've tried all these practices. Uh, what, are, what, are you, what are you doing to stay so healthy and glowy and energetic? And then, Tia, I need to know from you as well because I was just at your wedding and I saw you looking like a magical baby like that's born. what a hair and makeup artist is for though so <laughs> i love that my first thought when you said that was like really good bronzer i'm just gonna be honest um <laughs> so everybody i mean we all have different bodies all of our bodies are so unique so it's about the practices that feel really good for you but i've pretty much kind of nailed my morning routine so every all of my friends know like do not reach out to amin in the morning because i am not available because that's I amazing have I have a really juicy morning routine and I start coaching at 11 a.m. because that's when I've done all the things that I need to do so I can show up fully for my clients. So I get up around seven every day and then I'm a Vedic meditator. So I meditate for 20 minutes twice a day and then I'll move my body in some way that feels good. So I mix it up all the time and I'll have my breakfast. I do red light therapy. Um, I actually had more. Whoa, 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 what is that? I, wish I, could I just you. started doing that in the sauna, but it's yeah. very difficult to understand what red light therapy helps with. So do you have any specifics that you would tell people? Yeah, there's a ton of research. Um, so basically red light therapy helps so many things. So it's really great for inflammation. It um, helps with mitochondrial dysfunction. So those of us that have extreme fatigue or autoimmune disease that tends to perpetuate fatigue, it helps to really uh, support the mitochondria at the cellular level. Um, inflammation, joint pain, it's great for your skin. So I had mold poisoning last year and oh. that really kind of hit my energy again. So I started using the red light therapy and infrared sauna and the two together have really been so supportive in terms of feeling really good. So I also use the infrared sauna a couple times a week as well to just kind of like sweat the toxins out. So I have a pretty dialed in wellness routine. I am not doing nearly enough so wait tia you started going to the sauna what else are you doing i did now i mean mostly the sauna because it does really detox a lot of the toxins out of your body and it has red light with it but i'm still trying to understand what red light therapy does but i know that there's many benefits to it which is inflammation etc and they even have different lights at the sauna that i've been going to so i mean i felt better in the past month since going, although 
this was their like beginner package and now it goes to like regular pricing. So I have to think about it a little bit more, but it, I, I mean, between, you know, regularly working out, the sauna has just, I felt much healthier. Hmm. Like more energy, better skin. More energy. Have you lost weight like, from wake it? Wake up or? easier. I did, oh, but like wasn't doing it to lose weight. It was more hmm. just like, wanting to make sure like staying healthy with so much going on before the wedding and moving and everything else and I feel like I was getting so run down between life and work and everything and this Mm -hmm. was definitely helping me um but it is a very new thing that a lot of people don't understand yet and I just started to understand too so I'm all for these types of therapies now, Amina, in your bio, you I loved reading your bio, by the way, because you obviously have such a good sense of humor. You know, there's a lot of people that get into wellness and health and a lot of these more new age practicing um, practices, um, and they take it like so seriously, you know, and it's like a little bit of a drag and you obviously are very lighthearted about it and you can kind of joke about these um, these the things we do to try to stay our best, right? And you mentioned um, even trying past life regression and so I was curious to hear you know honestly let's all just share a story of like one of the most outlandish things that we've tried to to understand ourselves better to seek uh leveling up to stay healthy anything like that I love this question so yes um in my quest for knowledge and insights, I have lit a lot of money on fire, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing as a coach because I can advise my clients and support them of the things that are really gonna actually yield benefits and the things that maybe they don't need to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the most interesting thing that I have ever engaged in is when I first started my corporate wellness business about eight years ago, before I became a coach, um, I hired a financial psychic. And I was like, tell me about my pricing. What do you see for me? And this woman was super interesting. She was basically telling me that she is the financial psychic to a lot of people on Wall Street. So I was like, are you telling me that our entire economy is based on you in lots of ways? Yeah. And it was a, a really, really interesting experience. And I think with everything too, I, I advise my clients when they engage in technologies like this, like take everything with a grain of salt. If it feels supportive for you and there's an insight there for you, awesome. And if there's not, toss it away financial psychic and what did she say to you like can you are you allowed to say like, <laughs> I don't even remember honestly so I, I had asked her questions of like how should I price my offering something like that but that business actually wasn't meant for me it was sort of a journey along the way to coaching and realizing that I was sort of teaching from a piece of myself and not the fullness of me which really invited me to then to kind of sit down and create my coaching curriculum so whatever she said I honestly don't remember but it got me here It integrated into who you are now and what you're able to do. Yeah, exactly. Tia, what about you? That's beautiful. Are we talking about lighting money on fire specifically towards health and wellness or just our journey? I've lit money on fire many times. Um, I would say, you know, when I first started freelancing females, one of the biggest things was branding for us. Like, how do I launch this business without good branding? And I went to this agency and I thought they were the coolest agency. And they, you know, worked with some great brands. And I said, okay, 10K is worth it. It was not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's what we're kind of working on right now as freelancing females is we've seen so many people who take that time and effort and hold themselves back from launching because they don't have that beautiful business built out just yet to launch with. And for me, I had to go through that first and foremost and lay a lot of money on fire, which at the time we didn't really have. Um, And they weren't able to really create what we were hoping to create. And then I went to a freelancer, paid them, you know, a quarter of that. And I was able to create a beautiful brand that we've kept for the past few years. And it's really created our brand and our voice. And I think just, you know, you have to go through those types of decisions and make the wrong decision so many times before you make the right ones. You're making me think of so many times that I've done stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, I remember I tried one coach before I, I actually, I'm going to worked very closely over the pandemic with an awesome executive coach. Um, and, and we did a three month long deep dive. So I am a believer and it's really changed almost everything about the the way that my business and even like elements of my personal life work now and she utilizes um some kind of like experimental not experimental even but just like what you wouldn't expect with a coach like she does like hypnosis and um timeline therapy have you heard of this timeline therapy thing basically like as an example um you go back like there's there's self-limiting beliefs right we know everyone has these um and she helped me pinpoint some of my own self-limiting beliefs like um one of them that has come up over and over again is thinking i'm annoying like even just negative self-talk you're not annoying no i know like i I know that but i'll accidentally without even realizing it i'll I'll be like oh sorry to be annoying or like don't want to annoy you or something like these little things that i'm not even realizing what i'm saying and so she was like okay so like where does this this feeling of being annoying come from and so then you go into a state of hypnosis right you're just like in a relaxed unconscious mind state and she helps you pinpoint the first time in your life that you felt annoying or that you were called annoying. And I was able to somehow, and who knows if this is just a technique or if it's like, you know, more, but I was able to see the moments in my early childhood where I felt annoying or I was made to believe I was annoying. And this is now I'll maybe even get a little emotional about this, but I realized that when I was a kid, my mom called me annoying a lot. And, and she, my mom, you know, struggled as, as every mom does. No parent is perfect. Right. And I realized, oh my God, my mom really did tell me that I was annoying. And so I spoke to my mom about it. I was like, mom, like I realized this, I worked on this with my therapist or my coach, who's basically a therapist and a coach combined. And you know, you, did you, do you remember calling me annoying and like, why? And, and she said, you know, I do. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did that. You were so outgoing and you were so much as a kid. I was terrified that you were going to go out into the world and people were going to find you annoying and, and hate you and like not know what to do with you that I was trying, I thought I was trying to help you. Like I thought I was trying to help you, um, you know, tone it down for the world and so she apologized to me and we like healed. Oh, how yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um but, I, I, I mean, tried another coach you before are that the... who sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I love every bit of your personality. 
So. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Not I mean, annoying. I learned, too, that I can calibrate that, right? Like, there are times that it's better if I'm, like, more chill, you know? And that doesn't mean I'm an annoying person. That just means there are, like, chill times and upbeat times. Upbeat times like Tia's wedding dance floor that we took over. (laughs) Yes, and because my last dance song was uh, apparently not in the DJ set, uh, we ended up singing Pizza More (laughs) to our last dance. That sounds amazing. It was a good time. It was incredible. Um, I want to talk more about boundaries because I think that's one of the biggest things with freelance women and setting boundaries. I mean, Ellie and I talk about this all the time of clients wanting more and more and more, partnerships needing more and more and more. How do you maintain those boundaries today? Yeah, boundaries are such an important piece of the work. So boundaries can be easier to establish. So we decide what are the things that we must have in our work? How do we want to teach people how to treat us and then architect it from there? The challenging piece around boundaries is do we believe that we are allowed to reinforce those boundaries? And oftentimes that sort of connects back to codependency and our belief that we, to stay safe, to stay connected to the family system, to sort of that uh, reptilian brain, we need to kind of over give and over service and over deliver. And if we don't, that, you know, basically the project will fall away, we won't be safe, and our reptilian brain thinks that we are at risk of dying, right? So it's not so much the establishment of the boundaries, but really what the beliefs are behind the boundaries and if there's any lingering codependency in there. Codependency is a big piece around the boundaries work. So let me just tell you a little bit about our presenter for this episode. Zeit is the first career discovery platform that empowers people to explore and pursue new pathways. You know, at Freelancing Females, we really know that freelancers are constantly considering our job options and uh, ways that we can evolve our careers and sometimes even make big jumps from one skill set or industry to another. But the hardest part is trying to figure out how to bridge the gap without a reliable process, support system, mentorship. So uh, that's where Zeit comes in. They fill that gap and support you no matter where you are in your niche or career transition. You can get the one-to-one coaching, peer support, and pivot workshops to explore and pursue your dream job or get permission to do something new with that special client. Uh, If you want to try out Zite, if you're thinking about making a change or leveling up, use code FEMALES to try out Zite's proven method at a special FF-only discounted rate. So uh, go over to thezite.co to check them out. I'm going to, you're kind of like causing me to really pause for a moment because I actually never thought of codependency in that way before. I, I, of course, everyone knows what codependency is hypothetically or, or, you know, has heard of the issue, but I always thought about it as like couples that are overly reliant on each other and kind of like feel like they can't exist without each other. I hadn't thought about it as like an individual being subconsciously compelled to over deliver because they think that if they aren't enough, if they don't go above and beyond, then they will die. 
Yeah, it's wild. I talk about codependency so much in the context of our work because to your point, it's not just in these intimate partnerships or relationships. It shows up everywhere and it's an opportunity for us to heal. So any space that we're really seeking our worthiness outside of ourselves, there's likely a hint of codependency. Any place that we are people-pleasing, over-giving, over-delivering, self-sacrificing, there's likely some codependency there. Hmm. That's really interesting. I mean, for me, boundaries are like pretty much every client we run into wants to try to step on your boundaries. So for us, we always have to put them, yes, (laughs) first and foremost, like in our contracts, in our emails, up front, because we have such trouble with everyone wanting to step on our boundaries. And then that takes away from your time, your day, your efforts, and the ability to do even more things. We just ran into this with a larger company we're working for that we said, you know, look, we've done all of this extra work. Now you need to come to us and help. So mm-hmm. what do you think, LA? What... Uh, what are your favorite parts of like putting in the work for boundaries? Well, actually, I, I have been trying to implement some boundaries specifically around uh, my my partner and I sharing space. Right. We spent the entire pandemic with a lower workload and uh, just like living in the house together with like not much to do. Now I have a much larger workload and I can't actually spend like half of my day just like asking him how he's doing and like making meals for us and just kind of like wandering around the neighborhood, you know, and then periodically do work. So I was like, okay, we need to have a conversation about this. Like we need to actually set a really specific schedule so that I don't feel like I'm hurting your feelings if I tell you that I can't talk to you during these times. So we set up a new schedule actually just starting this week where uh, 9 to 11 is kind of like my own personal work, getting in the zone, and he's supposed to kind of just do his own thing. I do like a much, much, much smaller version of what you do, Amina, for your morning routine. And then 11 o'clock we have breakfast together and we really like sync up and then 11 to 4.30 or 5 is, again, me being, to- or 11.30, you know, when we finish breakfast, is me being totally incommunicado, don't bother me, lunch is DIY, and then evening time is go offline, focus on each other, and fun social things, and, you know, maybe maybe they're not always together, but we're um, committed to those specific blocks of me not feeling guilty for not being available for a quick question or an idea or those type of things. I love how beautifully you've communicated those. Yeah. The communication piece is so important. Um, Have you heard that quote from Tony Gaskins? It's, uh, we teach people how to treat us by what we allow, what we stop, and what we reinforce. And so in everything that you were sharing, it's like you're allowing certain things, you have stopped certain things, you have reinforced certain things in establishing those boundaries. And it's so generous and helpful so people know where they stand with you. Yeah. That's like the simplest way you could ever put boundaries. And I love it. I've actually never heard of Tony Gaskins either. I'm going to write that in my notes. Uh, Speaking of quotes, though, I want to talk about you a little more, Amina. Uh, One of your client testimonials says, Amina is the fairy godmother I always wanted but never had. 
So I'm just really curious to hear from you. Like, what does that mean? I mean, you do have a little bit of a, like a fairy godmother kind of energy. Like you're just like so radiant. You have like this kind of divine feminine that you're, you're sharing that I just want to like, I trust you. I feel like I could tell you anything, you know? So like, what does it mean for you to like play a role as people's fairy godmother? That was a very generous phrase. Um, so one of the first questions I ask people when they come to connect with me in a sales conversation is, what's the transformation that they want that's bringing them into the space? And so basically I ask people to talk about their big dreams, totally new paradigm and their desires, right? So a lot of the times people will answer that question by telling me their work history and I have to reiterate, no, 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 this is a space for dreaming. What's the thing that you deeply desire, the big thing that you want, but maybe you feel like you can't have. And so by articulating that big dream, we name it, it's out there. And then it's about helping them journey towards it and believe that they can have that thing. And it is the most beautiful, exciting, joyful work to be able to help people articulate that dream and then journey there. So I think, you know, when they use the language of fairy godmother, it's a little bit of, it seems like there's magic and we're waving a wand, but I'm just inviting them into a new paradigm where what they want is possible. All right, so what's your big dream? Ooh, I have, I have many. Um, so let's see. Uh, I want to continue to grow my coaching practice. I love working with people one-on-one. -on -one. It is such beautiful, exciting, uplifting work that really grows me. Um, eventually, I want to work on a book. Um, I don't know when. It's like on its own sovereign journey. It'll come out into the world when it's ready. Mm. Um, I'd also love to have a TV show. So those are kind of three big juicy ones. You are definitely TV show ready. Like, Yes, ab absolutely. <laughs> but would it be kind of like a reality TV show or like a talk show or what? Something unscripted, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an unscripted kind of gal, so I think it needs to be something unscripted. <laughs> I mean, it could be like Amina Altai, uh, fairy godmother of Brooklyn, and you just <laughs> journeying around and seeing your clients and showing us all of the amazing health practices that you do in your your daily routines and just a slice of life love it if any tia. producers are listening let's do it tia what's your big dream to uh, give women the biggest opportunities possible in creating a life around their passions damn i don't think i've ever heard you say it exactly like that before no, but we should really quote myself for next time. <laughs> Wait, just say, say it one more time. I don't remember what I just said. <laughs> okay, we have luckily we're, re now. we're recording this, so we'll be able to go back. That that was incredible. I'm loving it. Uh, it just comes out when you're just riffing off of things. You know, I think that's the best times. Bingo. Uh, okay, LA, what's big dreams besides working with me? Thanks for asking. I was hoping that one of you would ask me that. Um, well, th through working with my coach, I actually was able to decide this. And I created a few big goals, like in chronological order, kind of like increasing in magnitude. And mm -hmm. the biggest one, which I hope to achieve, um, you know, essentially sometime in the next like 40 years or something, like huge, huge, like before I die goal. Uh, you know, as you probably know, I'm going to obviously freelancing females is huge for me and working with women 
women entrepreneurs. I mean, that's why we wanted to talk to you, right? It's like our total passion. But uh, parallel to that, I'm also extremely passionate about working with artists and particularly with writers and poets. And um, so so women and then like poets are my two um, core loves. And uh, my goal within the next again, four decades or so, is to be able to create a kind of eco-resort, retreat center, artist enclave, um, but also like year-round, almost like a village, like an eco-village that focuses on artists and LGBTQ people and women and people who just want to um, live either for uh, just a week at a retreat type thing or live full-time outside of like the kind of toxic masculinity, patriarchy, passive consumption kind of world that is sort of the mainstream society. Oh, Oh my gosh. So juicy. Yeah. I think we should start a mini retreat and test it out in a very cool country. Well, I mean, we've already done with freelancing females, we've done two amazing online conferences. People have already been asking us, you know, when are you going to do something in person? And now that COVID is hopefully on the um, exiting stage, right? uh, I think doing a freelancing females weekend retreat, maybe where Amina leads us in some wonderful practices, journaling practices, health practices would be incredible. Which actually leads me to one more question I have for you, Amina. Uh, you you mentioned wanting to write a book, but you already have created uh, a book of sorts, a journal, right? A nourishment journal. So I wanted you to give us a little sneak peek of what that entails and maybe like even give us a prompt or um, explain what purpose that has in your coaching. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for asking. So my work sits at the intersection of leadership coaching, mindset coaching, and wellness coaching because I believe that we need to examine all three pieces with the same diligence to really thrive. So usually career is the entry point, but we are looking at your life holistically. And that's where the nourishment journal comes in because I believe that movement, how we eat, nourishment is what I call it. It's conduit to clarity, right? So when we are whole, full, and nourished in these different areas of our lives, it allows us to show up fully for the work that we're called to do. And when we're not so whole, full, and nourished in these different areas of our lives, it can feel a little bit more challenging to show up fully for the work, which is how I felt when I had my agency. Mm. So I'm just going to flash this on screen. So inside of the nourishment journal. So pretty. It's called the nourishment journal, a journey to a full and fulfilling life. And one of the first stops is sort of identifying the different areas of your life. So we have nine different areas here and asking you how wholeful and nourished you feel in each of these areas. Because the spaces where we don't feel the most nourished, there's often sometimes a form of limiting belief that's happening there that's sabotaging us or getting in the way of us feeling really fully connected in that space. So I'd love to ask the two of you, how wholeful and nourished do you feel in the context of your work on a scale of one to 10? Honestly, like nine. My work is going epically. Yeah, I I would say we're pretty, happy with where we are like it took years to get here but i'm at a nine too i mean there's always room for improvement and everything but yeah i mean i felt the burnout i felt everything beforehand of what it is to create a business but i'm i'm pretty happy at the moment and we're working on like more work-life balance so that's gonna be the biggest component of how we got to a nine mm. Though, that. though also does that include how much money we're making because i really feel like we should be making like at least double the okay money so that let's make. go a little lower then 
Well, money actually separately. Okay, money money is separate. Okay, okay. So then our number's fine right now. (laughs) How hopeful and nourished do you feel in the context of money? Hmm. Love to hear. Okay, on three, Tia. Five. Six. (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we're pretty, um, we're working on it. Uh, I think there's always room for improvement and having, you know, a healthier money balance is always important. I also think like raising your rates really gets you there. I, you know, in freelancing females, we teach women every day to raise your rates, make more money, ask for more, and then to do it yourself um, is a whole other thing. So we're working on it, but we'll get there. By next year, I feel happy about it. Money is so, so, so important. So I'm so happy to hear that it's such a big part of the community. And a big part of the work that I do is around money mindset as well, because a lot of us think that our worthiness is connected to our titles or how much we make. And of course it isn't. But the feminist, her story of money is so interesting because not too long ago, women were quote unquote property or, you know, became the property of their, and this isn't a very heteronormative context because that's sort of what we knew or the way the research was done, but Mm -hmm. women became the property of their husbands when they got married and everything they owned became his. And so obviously it makes sense that women would have a challenging relationship with money. So there's a lineage of belief there. And oftentimes there's a lot of healing to do around it. So I think it's such a a beautiful space to spend time really building ourselves up completely i think that will be a whole other episode (laughs) yeah we have have two episodes dedicated to money one about more of like taxes and stuff and the other one about like financial investing well nobody teaches you that part of running your own business that's the hardest thing is like that is one of the largest components of running your own business but you've never been taught that in school in anything I I have such a bone to pick about college and things like that when you go into business school why doesn't somebody teach you taxes like that should be an entire class it should be like a required class in high school seriously I mean the fact that we're not taught how to be civically engaged we're not taught how to do our own finances we're not taught like where our money goes when we pay taxes anything it's like instead we're taught like German it's never, but also, even if you look at the conversation around money for men versus women, it's very different. There was a study that was done a couple of years ago looking at the articles that were aimed at men around money, and most of the articles were, um, the content was around investing, so expansion. And when they looked at the articles that were aimed at women, the content was around condensing. So where can we cut back and sacrifice the coffee and make ourselves smaller? That's crazy. It's not even that it's not being taught, but it's problematic the way that it's taught specifically to women. And then you have certain teachers where they're potentially projecting their beliefs around money onto you. And so it's, it's such an interesting conversation. And I think that there is such a big frontier for us around money. And I love the word expansion because like for us, we teach freelancers that, you know, in a nine to five, you have a ceiling of what you can hit in your job and salary. But as a freelancer, you have an unlimited ceiling. You, you know, you're crashing through it every day if you want to. So I think expansion is a really beautiful way of talking about finances and your ability and where you can go with it. 
And thanks again to our presenting partner for this episode, Zite. Zite is the first ever career discovery platform that empowers people to explore and pursue new pathways. And we know Zite personally. We actually interviewed their two awesome female co-founders on the first ever episode of For the Love of Freelance. Check out their episode called Niche to learn learn more about how they work their magic. And of course, we have a special code for you. Just type in the word females if you want to try out their proven method for a little discount that's for just the freelancing females community or anyone who's listening to this. Maybe you're one of our awesome male allies or gender non-conforming folks. Uh, you can try out that discounted code. Again, that's code females at the Zeit, T-H-E-Z-E-I-T dot C-O. I'd love to hear, have you all um, had a chance to look at the latest McKinsey Women in the Workplace study? No. So highly recommend the read. So I look for it every year. It's really great. So it basically looks at how women are doing in the context of work. And basically this year and last year pretty much said the same thing. We continue to see the broken rung and women not able to advance at the same pace as men. And obviously in the course of the last year, we've seen a tremendous amount of women leave the workforce and start their own things or you know uh, potentially build their own um freelancing projects and basically making work their own. And so I was just curious if, you know, what you're seeing in your community correlates with what's happening in that study. Have you seen your community really sort of build and grow over the course of the last year? Actually, yes. So uh, during the pandemic, I would say we grew by over 500 women a week. And especially in the first few weeks, we grew by the thousands when it was in March, the peak pandemic, because many women were getting laid off from their jobs. They were looking at other opportunities because we all had to stay home at that point. Freelance was a big thing to turn to because you can make your own schedule around your kids or your work in life, and you can work remotely for many freelance jobs. So I think everything was dialed more towards the freelance lens last year. You know, we knew that in a few more years, freelance would outpace the nine to five workforce, but I think it really just went crazy in the last year. And those numbers are going to come a lot quicker than we think. And now is the biggest time to just start educating people on what freelance truly is, you know, the benefits of hiring a freelancer, how it is to work with a freelancer, and creating more of a definition around it, you know, because you can define your work as you'd like, but a lot of people, because we've had these websites, of course, you know, Fiverr, things like that, probably, yeah, shouting out those. Um... They've really cheapened what freelance was looked at in the past. And I think, you know, you're hiring these people for their expertise, very specific niche expertise, and they deserve to get paid for that. So um, it's going to be really interesting next couple of years. And that's why we're here to start educating both clients and freelancers on the benefits of it. 
it's almost like uh, we need to have boundaries around <laughs> the definition of freelance work. Yes. Boom. Bringing it back. Uh, in comedy, they call that a callback, right? <laughs> Thank you for asking about that, Amina. Yeah, it has been yeah, very interesting. Uh, interesting couple years. And um, the other thing I think that we see a lot is like a little bit more like doubt from, from women, even more so because of, you know, just... Un- unsure uh, lack of security around what the whole future holds like mm-hmm. i'm concerned about my own future as an individual but also like what is happening to the world um so i think there's a lot of space for us to guide women to not only you know raise their rates and create their own boundaries in their daily schedules but feel more confident about the role that they have in changing the world and helping to create a better future for everyone beautiful so how do we uh how do we follow up with you how do we get in touch with you how do we follow you where do you live amina (laughs) thanks for asking um (laughs) you can follow along on instagram at amina altai or on my website aminaaltai.com and i'm sure spelling will be in the show notes yes Yes, it will uh but also it's it's spelled quite phonetically you're lucky about that (laughs) yeah uh, awesome. Well, thank you again for being here to speak with Tia and myself in another episode of For the Love of Freelance. We cannot wait to release this to our women and give them some inspiration and hopefully encourage them to ask themselves uh, some of those questions like what you have in your nourishment journal. I think that will result in some beautiful conversations and um, time for, for women to just maybe ask themselves a question they haven't asked themselves in years or ever. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you both so much for having me, for sharing your energy and your beautiful questions with me. It was so great to get to connect. And thank you all for listening. Well, thank you all for being here. We had so much fun today. Please go and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. And if you want more information on what we chatted about, the women we spoke to, please go check out our show notes. Yeah, and don't forget to also check out the exclusive content drop on the Freelancing Females Norby page, which is going to have those sweet little actionable tidbits, workshoppy kind of items for you to actually apply the knowledge that you learned, hopefully, in this episode to your life or to your business. So uh, check out our Norby page to see more info and basically rock your world. Well, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.